Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to another episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends and part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. And you can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker and on Instagram at Rick underscore Buker. Now, for those who don't follow me on Instagram already, I started using it less as a personal feed and more to give you some behind-the-scenes looks and reports on my doings around the NBA and in my various media locales, the FS1 studios, for example, as well as the recent Team USA practices. There seems to be an appetite for it, so I'm going to continue doing it. Please check it out if you haven't already. Speaking of Team USA, I was amused at the reports and opinions given after the Sacramento Kings point guard, De'Aaron Fox, opted to leave the team after their exhibition victory over Spain to, as reported by Yahoo's Chris Haynes, to concentrate on leading the Kings to the playoffs this upcoming season. God bless Chris. Because I couldn't have said that with a straight face or written it without pointing out the absurdity of it. Fox woke up after going through two different training camps and playing two exhibitions and then decided that going to Australia and China with the national team would distract him from preparing for the upcoming season. That's what I'm supposed to believe. That's what I'm supposed to buy. Because... Chris just put it out there straight. That's, hey, this is his explanation. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't do it. He didn't realize until just last week that he'd be spending nearly a month overseas or there's that much film to watch and pick up games to with Kings teammates to be played between now and the end of September that the two weeks between the September 15th World Cup final and the start of camp isn't enough to get that in. Look. I have no problem with any player, particularly a player with any sort of injury history, who decides that playing for Team USA isn't the ideal way to prepare to play 82 games for the team that actually pays his extravagant salary. If you're one of those who talks about patriotism and you're not, uh, you don't love this country and all that, uh, save it for somebody else. This is, uh, and this is not just now, going back years, playing for national programs, especially in the case of USA basketball, 
has long been a business. It's a, a business in a variety of ways. Uh, sometimes cloaked in patriotism, sometimes cloaked in nationalism. And I'm not saying that there aren't times where players feel that, the pride of, of playing with USA on their, on their jersey. I, I get that. But this idea that you're not patriotic, if you decide that that's not what you want to do or in line with your, your regular job that pays you millions, this isn't the best uh, use of my time to prepare for that. You can't equate it with any other sport, any other national athlete. Their, their participating is the highlight, in many cases, of their athletic career. The reality is, for NBA players, in most cases, this is not. It's not. Winning an NBA championship is bigger. It's bigger. It's more meaningful. It's more rewarding. That's just the bottom line. So... Look, Kyle Lowry bowing out, completely understandable. He just had thumb surgery back in July. Same goes for P.J. Tucker, who was dealing with an ankle injury and was actually contemplating if he could play with it. Much like Marcus Smart has been laboring with a, with a calf injury, he's finding a way to play. Fox is an entirely different matter. As soon as I saw the announcement that he was withdrawing from the team, I immediately checked the Spain-USA box score from the night before and found exactly what I expected to find. Fox played all of six minutes. I think he had two points. And so I checked in with a Team USA source and they confirmed my suspicion. Fox left because he wasn't happy about his role or maybe even fearful that he wasn't going to make the final 12-man roster. I was told that he had a very good chance of making it. He was going to have to show out in Australia. Uh, it, it hadn't already been decided, but he was, without question, he was competing for a shot uh, at the roster. It was a battle between him and Derek White, who has been, by the way, the most pleasant surprise of Team USA's summer. White was originally on the select team, which is basically a group of young players brought in to scrimmage against the World Cup roster thereby you know, earning potential favor to be invited to compete for a real roster spot somewhere in the future. But White was so good that he expedited all that. He was invited to compete for a roster spot on this year's team uh, after the team finished camp in Las Vegas. And which, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have known before anybody else and seen photos of White in action because that's where I reported it. Uh, by the way, Marvin Bagley, Fox's Sacramento King teammate, was also invited to join the World Cup roster with White from the select team, but he decided to withdraw at that time as well. Now, I'm not going to mince any words. I hate every bit of this. The idea that a player accepts an invitation and then bows out for the flimsy excuse that he wants to prepare for the upcoming season well, it's a little bit like addressing college athletes as student athletes. I wish we, the media, would collectively agree not to co-sign these charades. Well, maybe it's maybe it's the parent in me at this stage of my life, but I've had a rule with my kids in the sports that they've played as they've been coming up. You start a season with a team, you have to finish it. 
no matter how unhappy they might be with the coach or their role or the sport itself. Because once the idea that quitting on a commitment is viewed as acceptable, it becomes that much easier to do again. It's the old potato chip or cold beer on a hot afternoon conundrum. It's really, really hard to stop at just one. And let's be clear. That's what Fox did. He quit. I saw some speculation that all the guys bowing out as a reflection on Greg Popovich and his methodology and maybe De'Aaron's just one of those young guys like Kawhi, you know, tying it to Kawhi Leonard's decision to leave the Spurs. Maybe, maybe it's De'Aaron and Marvin Bagley and these guys are Pop's just too old school, too hardcore. Well, let me tell you, somebody who's at those camps, those dots were not meant to be connected. In watching the practices, as I did, I was actually, I was surprised. Popovich let his assistant coaches do a fair share of the talking and coaching and spent a lot of his time kind of just puttering around, putting his arm around various players who were struggling, offering thoughtful counsel. It was at one point, there was one practice where he wasn't happy with the energy. It was kind of funny. I never got a chance to, to ask him or anybody else about it, but it looked like he, he lined them up to do wind sprints, but they never actually did. They just, he lined them up more than once and they kind of ran out. They did like one line and then he brought them all together again. So I'm not sure what was behind that, but the bottom line is he was not grueling. Jeff Van Gundy with the select team was grueling. He was on them. Popovich was none of that, at least from what I saw. So, and I imagine he was the same with Kawhi. Because from what I've been told, there are a lot of similarities between KD leaving the Warriors and Kawhi leaving the Spurs. Both had an injury, and that injury became a useful prop to talk about the handling or potential mishandling of that injury to explain why they left when, in truth, they were committed to leaving regardless. And the injury simply provided a certain amount of cover or fodder for the media to be able to explain why they made the decision they made. Now, I can't make any sweeping statements about the dozen or so players who've declined an invitation or bowed out at some point along the way to be part of this this year's Team USA. I want to focus on Fox because his decision is reflective of a mindset that has poisoned our game. The same mindset that tells a player who attempts to block a dunk that he would have been better served not trying. You see it on social media all the time. Oh, that was a bad decision or whatever. The message, don't try if there's a chance you might not succeed. That, my friends, is the mentality of a loser of someone with an ego so fragile that they need to keep it tucked away in bubble wrap. Let me say it again. That's a loser mentality. You will never, ever hear or see me mock anyone who gets dunked on. Not somebody who goes up, tries to block it. Because you know what? That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to concede. You're supposed to try. And if you get dunked on, (laughs) hey, you know what? It's two points. It's the same as someone hitting a mid-range jumper or a breakaway layup. Except 
that you gave it a go. I'm never, I see no shame in that game. Maybe I'm old school when it comes to that. But anybody who, and I, generally I get the sense that the people who do the mocking, who put that out there, point and laugh at the guy who gives it an effort, because they never have. They've never come close to that. So it's easy. They've never been in those shoes. They've never even, even attempted to be in those shoes. So I see it as the people who point and laugh are those who will never ever do anything extraordinary because they fear what might happen if they step beyond the ordinary. As an aside, I was also struck by the reports I read and heard about how players were performing in the Team USA camp. Now, we, the media, didn't get to watch all of practice, but we saw a healthy 30 minutes of live scrimmage every day that I attended. I was actually surprised by how much we got to watch. I got a lot from it. I saw a lot. And hate to make generalizations from watching just a section of it, but you can tell, especially when it's scrimmaging. That's, that's, that's where guys are, are getting down. If you're going to see their best selves in those situations. As I said, we didn't get to watch all of it, but I read and heard reports that relied, it seemed, strictly on conversations with players and coaches about how various players were playing. Reports that didn't mesh with what I saw with my own eyes during those 30 minutes. And here's the reality. In most cases, you're not going to get a coach or player to bag on how someone is performing. Unless you have a really clear, not not in the group situations, without question. And even there, in that situation where someone might overhear, your chances are you're not going to get the truth. Now, unless you tell them what you've seen that did not look good, and if that's an accurate reflection of how that player has been doing overall, then you might get something close to the truth or you might get indications they might come not come out right out and say it but there are various ways to confirm that yeah it's not going so well for that guy what you're seeing is was not the exception it's the rule because otherwise you're just going to get happy happy talk that might and that might fit the story you want to write but it's not necessarily a true portrait of what is actually happening for example when Fox withdrew, some suggested it was a, a surprise because he had drawn raves from other players and coaches about his performance. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With Team USA. If I had had a player or a coach tell me that, I would have had some questions. Because when I watched him play, he certainly had his moments. Moments particularly in open court when he could use, utilize his matrix-like speed. But as a point guard, I didn't see him 
spearheading the defense or being a floor general. He didn't, he didn't do anything that stood out. Derek White, on the other hand, was a master. Controlling the pace, creating opportunities both on the break and in half-court sets. As I mentioned on the Instagram, like he, he showed me something that I didn't know he had. And then I went and I asked some people. They said he was the best player on either team when he was playing with the select team. There were days where he was the best player on either team. So it kind of confirmed what I saw. But you, there's just certain things you can see and you know. And it goes both ways. Kemba Walker, when I watched him, struggled mightily. Uh, I, I don't know what the reports gave on him. I, th- I want to say that the, the reports on Trey Young were pretty favorable. I I didn't see it. Had his moments, certainly. But there was a lot there that wasn't there. All of which, by the way, makes Marcus Smart maybe the most vital player on this roster. Because for all Derek White's savvy, he does not have a commanding presence. Certainly not with his personality. And if you look down the roster, it's a list of really nice guys. Personable guys. But there are no fire breathers. (laughs) Other than smart. Kemba Walker might be the closest to a number two. And I just don't see Kemba getting into anybody's grill. I see smart as having to be the Kobe on the... 2008 Redeem team, as in the guy who does all the dirty work and demands that everybody join him in it. I I just don't see anybody else able or willing to do it or play that role. And and I don't know if Smart is good enough to pull it off or he can command that with this team uh, if they'll follow him. But I'm telling you, he's the only hope. That's why when they were getting shellacked by the Uh, select team in LA when Smart was the guy who said, hey man, this is embarrassing. He was the one guy willing to call it for what it is and call everybody out on it. I don't, I look around, I don't know that there was another candidate who would say it. And it's important. It's vital to have somebody who goes, you know what? We might be the chosen for the World Cup team and uh, we might be you know, representing Team USA and we might get all these accolades and whatnot, but man, we're, we suck right now. We're getting, we're getting it handed to us by these young guns. It needs to be said. Otherwise, everybody's a little too cool. It's a little too, uh, you know what, this is just practice. We'll be better. We're bringing it together. No sense of urgency. Marcus Smart's going to have to be that guy. We'll see if ultimately... He can do it. So that that for me is the scariest aspect of Team USA and whether they can win gold. It's the dearth of leadership. And it certainly won't be coming from De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron, by the way, isn't the first to make a move like this, not by a long shot. I equate his mentality to the same one that prompted LeBron James never to enter the All-Star Dunk Contest. He didn't want to risk losing. He had a reputation that he was not willing to put on the line. LeBron was already being touted as a physical phenomenon, a rim crusher, lauded for his in-game dunks. 
And, and the dunk contest is different. There's no doubt about it. But he didn't want to risk that. Same as De'Aaron Fox. He's being touted as one of the next great point guards. The player is going to lead the Kings back to prominence. I had no reason not to believe that was possible until now. Now? Now I'll be watching closely for signs of the potato chip cold beer on a hot afternoon theory. By the way, before I continue, I want to mention our sponsor, Republic Jet Center. Uh, There's a reason you guys choose, those of you who are listening, choose to fly privately into the New York metro area on the East Coast, and that's to avoid delays. So here's a way to really get that done. If you're flying into New York City, Republic Jet Center in Farmingdale, New York should be your only choice. I know that the popular ones are Teterboro and White Plains, but as a result of that popularity, you get hung up trying to get in and trying to get out. The delays are just mind-numbing, and that's not why you fly. That's not why you fly private, right? So get back to why you do. Not only are you going to land and take off on time, but getting to the city is as quick as a 12-minute helicopter ride, 25 minutes by, by car. And the helicopter ride, uh, their white glove concierge service will gladly arrange while you wait in their brand new 100,000 square foot facility, array of snacks, beverages, flat screen provided while you wait. If you've never flown private, find out what it's all about by visiting www.republicjetcenter.com. And for those who are, who are already part of the private jet set, mention this ad and RJC will provide a discount on your refueling cost. All right. The other subject I want to hit before I say goodbye is all the drama surrounding DeMarcus Cousins' latest injury and the Lakers' subsequent hunt for a replacement. Uh, As a quick aside, the first time I mentioned DeMarcus Cousins to my daughter, she asked, how many of them are there? Thinking I was referring to Cousins, whose last name was DeMarcus. The DeMarcus Cousins. Look, I thought it was funny. Moving on. Uh, I know it's a slow period in the uh, NBA and the news cycle, but can we stop acting like Cousins was the linchpin to the Lakers' championship hopes? We all witnessed him being benched by the Warriors in the finals, did we not? They couldn't play him. Um, Can we also stop acting as if him getting injured again is so shocking? He'd had two major non-contact injuries prior to this. One just a few months ago. He's a big-bodied dude, struggled to get in shape, struggled to stay in shape for a good part of his career. Now, none of that, I'm not throwing any water on the emotional reaction. It's gut-wrenching to see it happen. You feel, I feel awful for him. I wish that this was different. I hope he recovers and plays again, but but none of this is surprising or earth-shattering for the Lakers. Look, over the last year, he had games and quarters in which he was impactful. But he never put any kind of sustained excellence together. 
And that's the name of the game. If you're going to, you can't just be good here and there. You got to be good consistently. And then you have to be able to take that and maintain that in the postseason. He, this was his first opportunity to demonstrate that he could do that. He was doing it under extremely difficult circumstances coming back from the, the quad injury. But nonetheless, hasn't demonstrated that he could do it. So the thought that he was going to find that magic or he was going to develop that ability, he was going to avoid injury, just wasn't very realistic. If anybody was thinking that, you weren't being realistic. And from what I've been told, keeping him on the reservation and with the program, so to speak, with the Warriors, was much more challenging than they ever let on during the course of the year. Frank Vogel, the Lakers coach, should be breathing a sigh of relief that he has one less big personality trying to establish or reestablish himself as a superstar. That was part of the the issue last year with DeMarcus and the Warriors. DeMarcus was eager to prove that he was still a primetime player. And understandably, he was trying to get paid. But if you're a championship caliber team, if you're a, cha- if you're a team seeking a championship, chasing a championship, personal agendas can't be a part of that. They, that never works. Can't be worried about earning your next contract. You got to be worried about how do I help this team win a championship? And the two aren't, not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they're not, they don't necessarily dovetail either. You have to have one priority. What can I do to help this team win? That wasn't always DeMarcus's priority, which is why he didn't always play. So, Um, As for the host of names they're bringing in to take his place on the roster, look, if Cousins wasn't going to have much of an impact, and I didn't expect that he would, then someone who's only shot at playing in the league this year might be taking Cousins' spot? They're not about to move the needle either. Let's be real. Dwight Howard was a physical wreck the last time we saw him. His game, when healthy, doesn't equate to today's game. Yes, there has been a resurgence in the role of big men of late. The Nikola Jokic's and Marcus Saul's and Joel Embiid's and Al Horford's have returned a little luster to playing center, being being a true big man on the floor. But they're all bigs who can impact the game offensively away from the basket. Dwight can't. Nor is he a rim runner or a fast break threat as a big. Joachim Noah, Marcin Marcin Gartat, and Mo Spates are the other names who have surfaced. One outlet referred to them as notable and potential help on the way. Stop. They're recognizable names. They're not needle movers, game changers, not anything other than darts thrown at a board and hoping one of them sticks. Here's the reality. The Lakers' front-line fortunes. Next season, barring a trade uh, or some unexpected salary dump guy becoming available, their fortunes will depend on the play, their frontline fortunes will depend on the play of LeBron 
Anthony Davis and Kyle Kuzma. How active they are, how physical they are, how committed they are to the defensive end of the floor. Cousins wasn't going to change any of that. Nor is Howard, Noah, Spates, Gortat, or any other free agent they might bring in at this point. All right. Glad we cleared that up. That does it for this episode of Buker Friendless, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. Please check out our other podcast, Age Groupies, and Get Some by comedian Gary Owen. In the next Buker and Friends podcast, I will try to get Will Blackman to admit that Antonio Brown has become an official thorn in the Raiders' side. Baker Mayfield's bravado does need to be channeled better, and we'll discuss whether or not the Raiders on Hard Knocks has lived up to expectations. Apologies that our schedule for this podcast has been a bit uneven of late. We went through, we were steady on Monday through Friday, and then we were somewhat steady three times a week, and we've even slid from that a little bit of late. It's summer, got a lot of vacation and personal uh, agendas that uh, have, have gone <laughs> gone awry. But uh, I promise that we will get back in a groove by the end of the month. Um, actually, we have to because we have some advertisers who are going to demand it. So uh, with all that, as always, thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.